1: And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance.
2: Hello everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat Podcast. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Each week on the Fantasy Beat, I'm joined by NFL Beat reporters to break down the biggest games of the week. On this week's show, I'm delighted to have as my guest Mike Giardi of CSN New England. We'll be discussing the Patriots travelling to face the New Orleans Saints and looking at the key players and key matchups that we expect to decide this week Two contest. We'll be looking at how these teams did in week one. We'll be looking through the injury reports and we'll also be working through the different position groups to see how these teams match up offensively and defensively. After I talk with Mike, I'll take a few minutes to recap what we discuss and use some of the Rotoviz apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game for a fantasy football perspective. For those of you who don't know, rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and it has a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. Go to rotoviz.com to check out the site. The Fantasy Football Beat is also brought to you by MyBookie, and I mentioned on last week's show as I made the debut of the Fantasy Football Beat that my bookie is my preferred sports book. It is the one I use and uh, last week, uh, thanks to my bookie, I had an okay week in terms of uh, football action. Uh, my fantasy football team has done very, very poorly and uh, that's putting it quite mildly. But on the other side, a few wagers that I had on went quite, quite well for myself and uh, I mentioned on last week's show as well, I've used them for... About now, 18 months, and I'm sticking with them for the 2017 season. They have been fantastic. Uh, They're the only site I use. Their website is mybookie.ag. They have everything you need, fast payouts, in-game live betting, and an all-new mobile app, and uh, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And uh, those perks are very nice. And one of those perks is if you sign up using my code ROTOBEAT, MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. All you have to do is use that code ROTOBEAT to activate the offer. And also for a limited time only with RotoViz. And if you sign up using my code RotoBeat, you can also email us the confirmation of your sign up and then, of course, send it to RotoVizRadio at gmail.com. This will enter you in to a prize draw for an athletic pullover that we, uh, as RotoViz writers, as RotoViz contributors, do get. But they are uh, very, very hard to come by if you're not part of the team here at RotoViz. Really, really sweet merchandise that are being sent out to all the RotoViz contributors uh, in the next couple of weeks. and With that, if you sign up, as I mentioned prior to the end of September, send us over that confirmation email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and you'll be entered into that draw and you could win yourself some sweet, sweet Rotoviz merchandise. For this game, the Patriots are favoured by 7 points. There's a minus 280 money line plus 300 for the Saints. There's a 56 point over under, one of the highest of this week's slate. And uh, I'm leaning on the Pats. And uh, as we talk about how the game's going to go in just a moment, I'm curious to see... What Mike has to say about it, but I'm leaning uh, very, very strongly on the patch. I'll leave my official prediction until we get into the interview with Mike, so uh, let's get into that right now. Delighted to be joined now on the podcast by Mike Giardi of CSN New England. Uh, Mike is one of the, the best Patriots minds, in my opinion, uh, going uh, in the National Football League. When you're looking for Patriots news, Mike's usually the guy that I go to see. So, uh, Mike, thanks for jumping aboard the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, the Patriots finished uh, you know, 8-0 on the road last season, and they'll be looking to continue that when they head to New Orleans this week. But both teams in this game coming off a Week 1 loss. Uh, the Saints fell to Minnesota 29-19, in which was just a a really bad performance by the Saints overall. The Patriots lost at home to the Kansas City Chiefs in that season opener on Thursday Night Football. That was 42-27. So both teams coming off disappointing uh, opening weeks of the season. There's, uh, there's so much to, to take away from uh, both teams for the, the two weeks, but obviously we're talking about the, the New England Patriots uh, from your perspective. What was the biggest takeaway from that Thursday night football loss, in your opinion? Mine's is probably uh, looking at you know, Julian Edelman, his miss, him missing for the season, and Malcolm Mitchell. People just kind of, with it being the Patriots, they say, oh, the Patriots are going to move on and it's going to be all okay for the Patriots. But perhaps we uh, underestimated how much the team would suffer just to, to bounce back straight away. Maybe they will adjust as the season now progresses but such a a short notice of that injury to to try and adapt but what was your biggest takeaway from that loss
3: yeah i think i think clearly the offense in in the sense that you know 27 points is going to win you most weeks um but there was a lack of efficiency from that group you know sort of a stop and start kind of uh nature to it that we're really not accustomed to and especially once amandola went down you know trying to find that uh you know, Danny was having a, a good game, but it was predictable in the sense that if you, his body just can't take that kind of punishment. And I was a little bit surprised they leaned on him as much as they did. Now you're likely going this week with only three healthy receivers, so they'll have uh, their hands full a little bit. I think the other thing that surprised me was the defensive line getting uh, just absolutely emasculated at points during the course of that game. And I, you know, I look at that area, and you know, we, we've talked a lot about the defensive end position with Nikovich retiring and the Coney Ely thing didn't work out. But I said to myself, well, let, okay, that's something they're obviously going to have to fix. And they had Hightower lined up there for the first, you know, into the third quarter before he got hurt. But I thought to myself, with Allen Branch, with Malcolm Brown, with Frey Flowers, I'm not really all that concerned. I think those guys will will win their fair share of the battles physically up front. And I thought the fact is uh, the Chiefs pushed him around, and pushed him around a lot more than I expected. And that's one of those things where, then you're getting to the second level. You're getting to, you know, Van Noy in the middle, um, and that's not the way they want to play. Those guys have to two gap better. They have to hold the ground better. And I think if they do, you'll see, you know, a much better performance certainly against the run than you did Thursday night.
2: Yeah, and uh, obviously then when you look at uh, that being a big takeaway, and that's another area that I thought was. Uh, you know they're going to have to improve on as it goes on what do you think though is the week one's biggest overreaction in terms of the in terms of the patriots you know people like to overreact when it comes to seeing even certain parts of games. We think back to the Super Bowl when the Patriots looked like they were in huge, huge trouble to come back and win it. So we have opinions and they can change very, very quickly. I remember back to, we're on to Cincinnati a couple of seasons ago with the yeah. Bill Belichick and how quickly that turned around. Uh, so what do you think has been the, the biggest overreaction by maybe the mainstream media covering the Patriots after that week one loss? I think actually it's good. a
3: lot of sort of fingers being pointed at Rob Gronkowski and wondering, have we seen the end of the dominant Gronk? And um, look, he didn't have a great game, obviously. Uh, four targets, two catches. Uh, Eric Berry got him on his own quite a bit and did a very, very good job on him. Berry's an all-pro player, so for starters, you know, give credit to a great player for playing better than Gronkowski did that day. Also look at the, the simple fact that if he catches that ball, in the end zone or it's rule to catch because it was obviously on the field it was rule to catch and then it was overturned how different everything looks than it's all of a sudden three catches it's 50 something yards. it's a touchdown um and maybe the whole narrative around rob gronkowski changes in that game so um you know i i take a wait and see approach with gronkowski i mean i think it's one of those things where We expect him to be super gronk and we have to remind ourselves that he's coming back off of another back surgery and maybe it's going to take him a little while to get up to speed but um you know i would i would imagine this week in particular the saints don't do a very good job of covering tight ends um they don't have a player of of uh, eric perry's caliber that gronkowski could have a should have a a big day and if they target him a lot in this game and it doesn't happen, then maybe the conversation about Gronkowski (laughs) not looking like he did, then maybe you might have a point and it's something to watch a little bit closer, but.
2: I'm not I'm not there yet yeah I'm certainly not there yet and I'm not ready to rule him out there was quite a few times as well in that game uh watching it back where you know there clearly could have been pass interference called and holding against uh on Rob Gronkowski against the the Chiefs defense so uh you know that sometimes uh, the defense gets away with them and we'll see I think uh this week is a prime opportunity for Gronk to ha- have a big big game and obviously Eric Berry as well uh suffered season-ending injury in that game. So uh, that was a big blow to the Chiefs. Looking down through players that possibly won't play this week for the Patriots. We're going to start off and look through players who have uh, missed the majority or all of uh, this week's practice sessions. And first up, we have uh, Danny Amendola. He's Obviously, playing or he played last week, but he, as you mentioned, they leaned on him quite a lot. And even back to his time with the Rams, any time he got a huge workload, it, it really did affect him injury-wise. He has uh, both a, a combination of a knee injury and a concussion. Uh, linebacker Dante Hightower uh, with a knee is uh, I, at this stage; it's unlikely I think he'll play. But I'll get your opinion on that in a minute. The other one then is Matthew Slater, who's missed uh, with a hamstring this week. Limited participation then. Uh, Adam Butler of the defensive line knee, uh, offensive tackle Marcus Cannon shoulder. Uh, Nate Edber missed with a shoulder, uh, Cameron Fleming ankle, Devin McCarty, the safety missing with a groin injury. And then Vincent Valentine of the defensive line, missing with a knee injury. So after even one week of the season, and then yeah, you, you throw in players like Edelman and Mitchell, who've already mentioned the the Patriots are pretty banged up after the, the opening week of the season.
3: Yeah, very much. So I remember having conversations about, you know, when we were sitting there in the summertime talking about what, you know, what can derail this team and, and, uh, and their championship dreams. And I said, you know, it. it I mean, and every team would say this, that that has a chance It's health. when you go back to last year and you just think to yourself, I mean, I know the Gronkowski injury was a big injury and he missed half the year on the playoffs, but other than that, they were healthy. That was a healthy football team last year. Edelman was out there playing. They were able to manage Amandola snaps. Chris Holt, like those guys didn't miss. The offensive line was together for the entire season. Allen, you know, like all these guys, they played and they played the lion's share of games. And all of a sudden, as you mentioned, you know, this year you go into it right away, it's Edelman, then it's Cyrus Jones, and it's, you know, because Cyrus Jones, people didn't love, but he was going to be a punt returner. He goes down, he's done for the year. That leads to Danny Amendola being the guy returning punts, and that's how he gets hurt in the game on, on Thursday. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's one of those concerning things that we often talk to about the idea that because they're so good, every year they're playing into late January or February. And that's, you know, Belichick says, oh, we're five weeks behind in terms of scouting and all those sorts of things in the offseason process. Well, for the players, it's the same thing. That's five more weeks of, of wear and tear practice, wear and tear of the physicality of the games and hard to turn your body around. And, you know, if you're a Pats fan, you just hope that that's just not one of those things that's catching up to the team after, you know, a, two Super Bowls and an AFC championship, uh, you know, two in a row, actually. So four, four straight years of playing that late into the season. Um, Losing Amadola is tough because I mentioned they're going to have three healthy receivers, including Philip Dorsett, who's now been here for you know, a week and a half or whatever. Um, so I'd anticipate more two-back sets, getting you know, guys like Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead more involved in the offense than they were in week one. Not having Hightower is critical, not just because of his versatility and overall ability, but communication-wise. They struggled communication when he was in the game against the Chiefs because Van Noy was in the middle, and and Hightower was playing on the line of scrimmage, and Van Noy was leaning on him quite a bit, and now he's not going to be out there, we assume, on Sunday, and that just puts more pressure on Van Noy and the rest of the guys to get the communication right. And this is a team that, you know, for all of the Saints' faults, offensively they're going to hit you with a lot of different things. They're going to motion, shift, and communication is going to be critical, and that's got to concern Ko Belichick and, and Matt Patricia as
2: they go into Sunday's game. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, looking then at the Saints and their injury report, their offensive line is the area of most concern for them. Uh, Tyrone Armstead with a shoulder injury did not participate this week so far, and then Zach for with a knee injury. So they're both uh, you know key tackle positions for the Saints, and their run game did struggle uh on Monday Night Football against the Vikings and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they miss out how they suffer this week they also had limited participation from Stefan Antony at the linebacker position def- defensive end Trey uh, Hendrickson with an Ill- illness and then uh, Nate Stupper as well with a hamstring injury at the linebacker position. So they're pretty much uh, the center of the offensive line and the center uh, of the, <laughs> yeah. the defense have a, a few issues there heading into this week. The other key is um, with you know the extra time from Thursday Night Football until then, we're heading uh, the... the um, saints played on monday night football there's a big disparity there in terms of the patriots are coming off quite a long week almost like a a semi-bye week and then the saints are coming off a a slightly short week uh, this week so that is a key area and when we're going into these key matchups now that i think will determine the factors uh, for who wins this game is that there something that you think that is a a big big advantage here for the patriots even if they do uh, travel on the road
3: yeah i think that that definitely benefits them um just from a, a to being able to go back over the things that that you did on that Thursday night that you liked and you can reinforce that with your team and the things that you didn't and whether or not that's something you want to press forward with. Obviously, Sean Payton and his staff you know, pretty much you know, flying in on Tuesday morning uh, in the wee hours of the morning and then really having to jump right on that train and, and, uh, and get right back at it. And Also, you know, even though it's not going to make a difference, it appears with guys like Amandola, Slater, and, and Hightower, it gave some of the other Patriot players that were banged up a little bit more of an opportunity to, to heal up and be ready for Sunday. So uh, I definitely think that's one of those things where, you got a good coaching staff that should be able to take advantage of that extra time
2: yeah and if you're looking at you know players who are missing participation in practice here now on uh, thursday and friday as we move into the game well if this game if they played last sunday they would have already missed a week so there'd be no chance of them playing so it gives those few extra days gives the body a little bit of a chance to recover as well with both teams losing last week obviously somebody's going to be 0-2 after this week but uh, both teams will be looking for that uh, first one of the season. It's. Uh, in my opinion, it's going to look, likely be uh, New England, but we'll talk more about who we think is going to win in a little bit. But what do you think the key points of emphasis, uh, and in this situation, we'll look uh, at the Patriots. What will the key points of emphasis on improving from that uh, Thursday night football loss be?
3: I definitely think they want to be much better at stopping the run. You know, they talk about that. You know, you eliminate the run, you eliminate the potential for play action. We know what the Saints have done in terms of uh, loading up the running back. They brought in Adrian Peterson on top of drafting Alvin Kamara. And you already had Mark Ingram in there. So that's, you know, Kamara is an exciting young back. Ingram has just been found for them. And Peterson's looking to prove that he's still an elite back. So I think take care of that. Don't let the Saints do to you what the Chiefs did. And look, then that, you know, puts more of the game on Drew Brees. And that's not necessarily the worst thing for the Saints, obviously, because Brees has been such a, a great passer over the years. But you always want to make a team as one dimensional as possible. And that's, uh, to me, that's, that's part of really where, where it starts for the Patriots. I think flip side, same thing, run the ball a little bit better than you did. You know, you, I know Gillisley had the three rushing touchdowns offensively, but th- there wasn't a lot of hay to be made in the run game for them. And, uh, Brady is one of the best play action guys in the league. Get that thing going, take some pressure off that, you know, as I mentioned, you probably have to do some, some different things, maybe some pony sets with the two running backs. Um, because of your limitations at wide receiver right now and just kind of get that, get that in gear. And that'll just allow, you know, McDaniels and, and Brady more flexibility at the line of scrimmage to do some things that, that uh, they weren't able to do against
2: Kansas City. Yeah, and then uh, you mentioned the running backs, so we'll go straight into that. The Saints running backs and the Patriots running backs. I know, obviously, they're not going to face each other at any time in the game, unless maybe they're they're in there on special teams and they come up against each other. But when we're looking through uh, the opportunities here, neither had a, a real successful running game in the past, uh, the past week. But when you're looking... At the opportunity you mentioned already, Adrian Peterson, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara, and then with the Patriots, Rex Borkhead, who has been talked about possibly playing some wide receiver uh, sl- uh, snaps this week, I'll be interested to see your take on that. And then obviously Lewis White and Gillisley, who do you expect out of those yeah, two I mean, units to have the, the most uh, success this Sunday? Who, like out of those two, which do you think is going to be the key area to win there?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I just think that that one of if I if you have some knocks on Sean Payton. Um, well, for starters, not being able to put together a defense in this time as a head coach there, but to me, he just is so willingly goes away from the running game, um, and I thought he did that a bit the other night as well. I think they, you know, that's a team that should be more committed to it. I mean, why are you spending the, the dollars and the, and the draft pick assets on on doing these things, re-signing Ingram to a nice extension, if you're not going to be a little bit more committed? He says that every year. I'm going to be more committed to the run. We're going to we're going to emphasize that more. And then it seems like you look up at the end of the game and they've thrown 45, 50 times. Um, I know that, you know, Brady's had plenty of those days where he's thrown a ton too. But that's very rarely the plan for them. Is to is to be one dimensional. Very rarely do they say, you know what, just chuck that. We're not even gonna, we're not even thinking about running. We're not even we're coming into the game. We're not thinking about running. They want to establish it, and I and I fully expect them to to make a real strong effort to run the football, and that. You know, that, that would lead you to believe that Gillisley would be the one that gets the most touches because he's essentially your first and second down back. I just wonder, again, if they spend more time in the two back sets, if they're going to want to spend more time having, you know, White and Lewis, Lewis and Burkhead, you know, some of their smaller scat back guys that, that are more versatile receiving threats than, than you know, just strictly putting Gillisley out there with James Devlin and, and trying to run it that way uh i asked burkhead specifically you know he, he had spent some time in the slot in cincinnati in fact at one point that's where they were playing because they were so loaded a running back before putting him back in running back and he's like oh no i'm a running back i don't i don't i don't i'm not a slot receiver but i i suspect we'll see every one of those guys that i just mentioned the smaller ones lewis white and rex get some time as a receiver because i just think they have to figure out different ways and and create some mismatches and i think those guys are capable
2: of doing that yeah and I, I think it you know with somebody like burkhead who's in there and he wants to get that opportunity i think if he gets the opportunity to have snaps at uh, slot receiver he's not going to say no no thanks bill uh, i'll set this one out so, <laughs> yeah uh, the other thing was that uh, adrian peterson uh, has said today and when he was talking to a beat reporter down in new orleans that he didn't sign up for nine snaps so already there's uh, some tensions uh, building up there in new orleans between the coaching staff and uh, adrian peterson and i think it's peterson's time to probably realize that he's not quite the player he was and he's not gonna be the workhorse back that he used to be with minnesota but moving on then to the the patriots offense versus the saints defense the saints defense didn't look much better than they did all of 2016 uh, which was absolutely terrible in 2016 they were much much (laughs) the same uh, this last week against the vikings do you see them having any ability really to slow down the patriots offense you know the Patriots. Did lose last week, uh, but they did put up twenty seven points against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are a lot, lot better on defense than if you're looking at this New Orleans Saints team. So this could turn into a, a kind of a track meet in the dome. Do you think they can contain the likes of, you know, Gronk, Hogan, Cooks, you know, uh, in this match? No, I don't. I, I, look, I, I'm still in the in the camp because
3: of the you know the Edelman loss, and now likely not playing with Amendola. You really lose an important element and that quickness underneath that they have thrived on, that Brady thrives uh, on using over the course of time. So I think the offense is still a bit of a work in progress in that regard. And that said, they scored 27 points.
2: I think, that, I think that's what people are overlooking.
3: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, and 27 points through three quarters. And then the fourth quarter went sideways for them. Um, so I, I just think when I look at that and I look at what the Saints bring to the table defensively, uh, I, I would find it hard to believe that they keep the Patriots under 30 points in this game.
2: And you mentioned as, as well uh, Sean Payton and his entire time down there has really struggled uh, pretty much to have any form of a, a solid defense or even a an average to above average defense throughout that time. So it's been a, a tough time and uh, Adam Thielen and uh, Stefan Diggs really did and that kind of intermediate to long term uh, last week really did tear them up really bad. Uh, moving on now to the Patriots defense, the Saints offense, uh, we're looking at, you know, there was some blown coverages there, there was some miscommunications as you mentioned. What do you think uh, Matt Patricia's uh, role as defensive coordinator this week? You know, I mentioned the points of emphasis overall, but you mentioned stopping the run. Is there any other areas you expect them to try and shore up this week? Yeah, you know,
3: I think they're going to spend a lot of time concentrating on uh, on Kobe Fleener. Um I think he's sort of, you know, he's 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 not really a tight end. He's more of a big receiver. But you know, they like to work him in line. They like to work him in the tight slot and try to create mismatches where you know, they put him on a linebacker. I think the Patriots are going to have to be very aware of that and will be. I think they're going to treat him much in the same way that they treated Travis Kelsey. A lot of eyes on Travis Kelsey last week. And, um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't the reason why they, they lost that football game. He didn't go crazy. It was, it was a bunch of other guys. Uh, and I expect that he'll get uh cleaner. will get a lot of attention from them. I, I, you know, I don't think they want to get themselves in a scenario in which, you know, if they have one of their middle linebackers on the field, be it you know, Van Noy or Landon Roberts or David Harris and both of those guys barely played last week, um, that that's something the Patriots are going to try to make sure they don't get schemed up and caught in that trick. Cause that's not, that's not a battle. They're going to win very often with those guys. So look for, look for uh, safety, whether it be Pat Chung, uh, Devin McCourty spent a little bit more time in the box last week to be concentrating on, on Fleener and try to eliminate Fleener. They don't have a slot guy. Um, at least they don't have their normal slot guy. Willie Smead is, is suspended for the first three games. So that's a, that's a bit of a break for the Patriots in that regard. And uh, I think Fleener's trying to, you know, partly try to assume that role. And that's why I say Fleener is one of those guys you just got to make sure he's not beating you.
2: Yeah, we see that a lot with the Patriots that, you know, they just say this particular player is not going to be just this week. They'll double cover him or bracket him and they just rule him basically completely out of the game. So we could see that with Fleener this week. It'll be interesting to see if that opens things up a little bit for Michael Thomas. And just uh, as we move on towards the end here, is there anything that maybe we haven't touched on that you think is a key point uh, for this game this weekend? I
3: think the Patriots weren't really satisfied with the, the way they performed in special teams. And you saw that... Um in terms of the couple running into the kickers that actually that, that ended up what getting amadola hurt because they ended up punting was it three times in a row or four times in a row, and he eventually got the concussion on one of them and uh, also injured his knee um, I, I think they, they take so much pride in that they made some you know moves just prior to the to well right around the the, the cutdown day to bring in uh, some guys that are primarily special teams guys because Edner had been hurt and they, they figured Slater wasn't going to be able to go this week and I just think that's such a huge point of emphasis for them. They felt like they lost that battle on Thursday night. And uh, Bill is going to make sure they don't lose it again this week.
2: Yeah, and as we wrap up now, uh, obviously I'll get our prediction for the game. Uh, I think that's going to be fascinating. And you know, I mentioned already some one of these teams is to be zero and two after this week. I don't think it's going to be the Patriots. I think it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. Just the, the bees, there's there's always so many positives preseason about the Saints, and then when it comes to the season, things start to fall apart pretty quickly. And we've seen over the last few years, you know, they've been around five hundred each and every year, and they're probably going to be around the same again. I expect extra time to be a big advantage, and I think Bill Belichick and and Matt Patricia and so on are going to get a huge advantage of that. And I expect, you know, as I mentioned, 27 points for the Patriots in those three quarters. I think people are overlooking that. I expect them to put up points rather easy here on the New Orleans Saints. And I expect the Saints then to probably fight their way back into it towards the end. But I think uh, the Patriots won this one probably 34-24. Uh, to 24. Do you think the, the Patriots win comfortably on the road? How do you see this one uh, turning out?
3: Yeah, I, I th- I'm kind of in your camp there. I think they're in the 30s, 34-37 uh, in that range. Look, I, I think New Orleans is going to get some the points. They, they struggled in the red zone. So I'm sure they, you know, last week they were in there five times and only scored a couple touchdowns. I'm sure they put some emphasis on that this week. But, you know, I see 24 or 27 in that regard. And, yeah, Patriots play. Seven points to
2: a touchdown. Yeah, and I think when we're uh, sitting here after the game's over, we'll be saying uh, when you talked about Rob Gronkowski at the start uh, that there will no longer be an opinion in somebody's mind because I expect him to have uh, quite a nice game here against this Saints defense. So, uh, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, the listeners should be following you on Twitter at Mike Giardi and uh, follow all the great work he does up there with the Patriots and CSN New England. Mike, it's been a pleasure. This is mine as well. Take care. was mike Giardi of csn new england Uh, an absolute pleasure having him on this show some very insightful uh, little tidbits there that mike was able to provide us with in just a moment i'm going to dive into uh, what we talked about and lock into this game more from a fantasy football perspective now and give my thoughts on who maybe we should be playing this week in fantasy football out of these two teams but before that, the NFL season is here. We're heading into week two, but it's still the perfect time to get yourself a Rotoviz NFL Pass, which you can get right now for 30% off. This discount is for listeners of the podcast only, and it is available through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools, and there is so much NFL content and you know so many awesome, awesome tools that I just love on rotoviz.com. And best of all, it supports the pod. So head on over, get your 30% discount for listening to the roto podcast channel, and that is at roto forward slash podcast. Mike provided a lot of uh, interesting information there as we uh, talked through it with him. One of the key things I think, though, as I mentioned there, is the, the extra rest the Patriots have this week. I think it's going to be a huge advantage as they head into this contest. It's also, you know, we talk pre-season about who's going to get off to that fast start, who's going to get off to a very, very slow start. Uh, if you start 0-2, it's a, a tough way back until... You make it to the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a key one here for both teams. But I expect the Patriots at the end of the season to, to probably have around 12 wins again. And I think the Saints, as I mentioned there when we talked to Mike, probably around 500. So you can do all you want on offense as the New Orleans Saints. But again, you have to have that little bit of balance. And unfortunately, uh, the Saints tend to uh, really struggle defensively year on year. So I think uh, the Patriots will win this one quite strongly. And I'm going to talk through My aspects now as we look into it from a fantasy football perspective. And with fantasy football comes fantasy football drafting. And uh, I mentioned last week on the show as well that a few people contact me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and uh, I jumped into a few leagues with them. If you are interested in drafting throughout the season, if you're interested in daily fantasy sports, well there's weekly fantasy sports as well. A little bit of a twist on the daily game and you can do that now with draft. You can download their app. It is One Week Fantasy Football and you just pick your team in the normal snake draft format. So you are drafting, a bit like redraft, but then after you draft it it turns into that uh, best ball or daily fantasy format. So no salary caps, real-life snake drafting, just uh, like you play with your friends, as I mentioned, they're in a season-long redraft league. You draft and it lasts for just one week. There is no management. Just set it and forget it. So once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire, and draft even takes care of those last-minute injuries for you. Draft start every couple of minutes, and you can join one right now. Draft start from just $1, so there is one for everyone. For new players who sign up, if you use the code RV Radio and with your first deposit, you get one free entry into a draft. So maybe you sign up, maybe you contact me and uh, use that free entry to face off against me this week. I'm more than willing to jump aboard PlayDraft.com to play if I'm playing from my computer. But I have already downloaded the app and you can find it in the App Store. You can find it in the Play Store. It is just the Draft. That's all you have to search for. You get the Draft app, insert that code RV Radio. get that free entry and uh, see if you can make some cash this weekend. So... Let me know if you want to play at Overtime Ireland and I'll jump in there with you for a league. So that is PlayDraft.com and the code is RV Radio. So I'm going to try and talk about this game now and give you uh, some insight into it and what I expect the players to have a a nice role this week. So maybe we'll pick out some candidates that should be drafted in your PlayDraft lineup this coming week. Looking at it first and what I expect from this game, I expect it to be a shootout. I expect Tom Brady and Drew Brees to uh, march both teams up and down the field, but I think The Patriots will be able to slow down the Saints. As I mentioned, uh, I don't think the Saints will be able to slow down Tom Brady and company. Obviously, Danny Amendola unlikely to start this week. So that might affect uh, how the Patriots do. But I still think with the weapons they have, I mentioned there, I expect Gronkowski to have a nice week. And we're going to be talking a little bit more in a minute about the individual players. The other one was that uh, Branton Cooks and uh, Michael Thomas didn't really uh, do a whole lot in week one. But uh, I think both of them are strong bets to have uh, big games this week. Cook's obviously heading back to New Orleans to face his old team. He did have 88 yards uh, in the week one loss. But Tom Brady had a bit of an off night and uh, the connection just wasn't there. Another week to work on that. I'm sure they'll try and get him involved early and often this week. For the Saints, Thomas just uh, eight targets, caught the ball five times, just 45 yards. So slow start to uh, the season for both of them. But I I think we're going to see... Both of them have a huge opportunity this week. As I mentioned, high scoring game coming up with uh, my bookie. It is, I think, the joint highest scoring game this week along with the Packers at the Falcons. So this is uh, a game that I expect to uh, see those points racked up. Looking for to the running backs, it's very hard to trust uh, Adrian Peterson in this one. Uh, the committee approach that was taken last week with the Saints, it's one of those ones that I just want to see it shake out a little bit before I have confidence in starting out of them. I own Mark Ingram in a lot of leagues. I'm a big Mark Ingram believer, and uh, he had some nice uh, carries uh, and receptions towards the end of the game against the Vikings. but. It's very hard to trust him heading into this one, but I do expect the opportunity to be there. If I was starting to run him back, Adrian Peterson would definitely be my third option out of those three Saints backs. I think you pretty much can't start him this week under any circumstance. And uh, Kamara then surprised me with the, the workload that he got in week one. but. Still, I would be putting Ingram as the top option to start there in that backfield. Then Kamara, then Peterson. But as I mentioned, I'd be leaving him out this week. If you're looking at the running backs then for the Patriots, you have Mike Gillisley, who was in on pretty much every goal line and short yardage situation last week. The concern for me was that he could stop twice on fourth down, so that there might affect him this week. But again, he did get in the end zone three times in week one. I think he'll still get that goal line work. Offensively, uh, Josh McDaniel seems to like Rex Burkhead and James White kind of a little bit more between the, the between the 20s, but then you know you want to be getting that red zone work. I think Gillesley looks like he is more in that legarrette Blunt role from last season, where Blunt put in, I think it was uh, in the end up, 16 or 18 touchdowns overall for the season. So is going to be touchdown dependent, but I think in this game he will have a couple of opportunities to get those touchdowns, and with the Patriots throughout the season, there's always those pass interference calls in the end zone. You get the ball at the one, and they can be punched in, so uh, otherwise uh, you know I think this week James White has that PPR role Rex Burkhead there is talk I mentioned uh, with Mike of him playing in the slot this week so we'll see if that happens but James White I think uh, and uh, then you have obviously Gillisley are the two uh, favorable matchups there for the Patriots RBs I wouldn't be starting uh, Burkhead or Lewis unless you're in a, a real sticky situation this week then at wide receiver I mentioned Amandola unlikely to play but if you're looking at the same side of things you have Ted Ginn Michael Thomas Uh, Willie Sneed is suspended there, as Mike mentioned. So, Michael Thomas, he's likely to probably draw some uh, bracket coverage, um, you know, and there's the opportunity there for Stefan Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, Eric Rowe to to be, you know, in coverage against him. So, there is the potential there for Thomas to have a big game. I think he will still get his targets this week, get his yards this week, but we'll just see. uh, I think there'll be a cap on what he can do. Uh, against this New England Patriots defense then Ted Ginn I think they're gonna be well aware after getting burned last week when you talk about uh, the blowing coverages you'll be obviously talking about that Tyreek Hill long touchdown and that uh, Ted Ginn is a player that plays not that similar sort of role he is a deep threat and you know if you're playing in a league where you really do need to rack up those points and uh, you know you need to have uh, an outlier performance somewhere Ted Ginn could have the possibility of that long touchdown for you but this week uh, against this Patriots defense that I expect to improve I am um, sitting Teddy again. On the Patriots side, obviously, Branton Cook's heading back to New Orleans, playing indoors. I always think playing indoors in that dome suits him down to a T. You are starting him this week. There's no doubt about it. Where you drafted him, you are starting him. I think uh, that's pretty... Pretty comfortable to say. Don't overthink it. Just slot him in your lineup. We'll see what happens as the game progresses, but I think he'll have a a nice game this week. My though value play of the week, and this is the guy that I'll be targeting in all my draft leagues, is Chris Hogan. Hogan was in the field last week for 73 snaps, but only got five targets. He did only catch one pass for eight yards, but Hogan is a player this week that I am uh, extremely excited to see what happens. Hit a 14% market share last week, which mightn't sound like a lot, but then if you take Amendola out of it as well, he's going to have a little boost in that this week. Those five targets did have an average depth of target of 20 and a half yards, 20.6 yards to be correct, and uh, 103 air yards over those five targets so if he comes down with some of those passes and a few of them we're pretty close uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs I think this week he's going to have more than a chance to come pretty close to those balls and if he gets five targets and he's averaging over 20 yards uh, of an average depth of target I think uh, this week is going to be a big big week for Chris Hogan I expect him to eat in a big way and if I have Hogan in any leagues he is an automatic start this week and uh, if I have the opportunity to draft him in any of my draft leagues this week he is the one that I am targeting in this pair rates offense and that he is my star player of the week this week and this game from a fantasy football perspective I'm looking forward to see how he does in week two and I do think you can get the value on him because I think you know after uh, that poor performance last week not a poor performance but one catch of eight yards he did add uh, three rushes for 17 yards as well in the game, But I think people, you know, there was a lot of, you know, people talking about Chris Hogan in the absence of Edelman heading into week one. Now maybe that buzz has died down a little bit. In fact, I know it has died down quite considerably. And I think in week two, you can snap up and take advantage of that. And I should have mentioned before I started talking about the Air Yards that that there is from AirYards.com on the Rotovis app. It is the Air Yards screener uh, up on Rotovis.com. So check that out. One of my favorite apps up there. And uh, that, of course, with Josh Hermsmeyer as well, the creator of AirYards.com the Patriots obviously have the huge advantage too of going up against the Saints defense just not a good defense I've mentioned it a couple of times in the podcast Adam Thielen nine catches 157 yards in that game and then Stefan Diggs uh, he had seven catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns so they pretty much did whatever they wanted last week and I expect that to continue much in the same vein for the trio of Branton Cooks, Rob Gronkowski and uh, my man Chris Hogan. Then when we look at the rest of the players in this game, I expect Robert Kowalski to have a nice game. You know, people people talk about, uh, as we mentioned there, maybe Gronk's done, maybe there's the end of it. It's not the end of it, and he is not done, and we'll know... Come Sunday night, that he is really and truly back and going. Uh, Gronk just uh, dominates in the red zone, out of the red zone, as a tight end. There is nobody who can do what he does. Nobody in NFL history, I don't think, has done what he does. If he continues to do what he's done over his career for the next one to two years, I think he'll go down in history as the best tight end ever to play the game. So, Gronk, this week, you're starting him. You're not thinking about it. He's in your lineup, and uh, you're rolling with it. Dwayne Allen, unless you're in really, really deep 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 leagues uh, is not worth really even rostering right at this moment in time kobe Flinner, as mike mentioned there he expects him to be the player who gets uh, bracketed and uh, a lot of coverage rolling his way he had six targets uh, in week one five catches caught a touchdown uh, so he had a, a nice week in week one but uh, i think I, i'm not a kobe Flinner fan i'm not a kobe Flinner guy and uh, you'll see this week. I expect them to have. I expect them still to get those uh, targets. They're so probably in the eight to ten target range because I do expect them to be playing from behind. But I do expect uh, him to have a tough outing. Probably finish, you know, in that top fifteen of tight ends in the NFL. And you know, if he gets that touchdown, pushes him up into the top ten. Tight end is such a touchdown-dependent position. But this week, uh, Gronk obviously is uh, a candidate that nobody needs to say that he's going to do well. But I think he's going to do fantastic. But Chris Hogan, as I mentioned, is my play of the week this week in the Saints versus the Patriots in week two. So that's going to bring us to the end of today's Fantasy Football Beat podcast. I hope you've been invo- enjoying the series so far. This is the second episode last week. We looked at the Cowboys and the Giants this week, as it obviously was the Saints and the Patriots. Looking forward to bringing you this throughout the season, uh, talking to beat writers as we move forward. My name's Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Hopefully you have a good week too. Good luck to all those teams out there for the MyBookie promo code. It is RotoBeat for that 100% extra bonus. And uh, for draft it is RV Radio. So sign up, let me know. And uh, again, for that uh, MyBookie one, send the confirmation over to rotovisradio at gmail.com and get entered into that draw for some Rotovis merch. So until I'm back again with the show next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat, a Rotovers podcast. Please rate and review the Rotovers Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotovers Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
0: Plus sales tax and activation fee. $50 plus rate plan required. Not valid for numbers currently on T-Mobile Network or on Metro in past 90 days. Offer subject to change. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 per month value. Restrictions apply. See store for details and terms and conditions.
1: Technology Truths. Brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis.
0: How was the birthday party? Pizza slice kitten soccer ball ball. Pineapple? Truth!
1: It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com.
0: What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat?
1: What? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history